Could doing the dishes help make love stick? Well, maybe. It possibly could, but maybe not. See, we have to think about love a little bit differently if we're going to make love stick. Did you know that experts say that within 18 months, you know that funny feeling that you get when you first fall in love and how he could do no wrong and she could never you know, have a bad hair day and it's just perfect and things are wonderful and you wake up every morning wondering what new thing you're going to get to experience together today and you text all the time and you call all the time and, and you just can't wait to be in each other's presence. That feeling lasts for about 18 months. So what do you do 18 months into the relationship when you start to have arguments about who's doing, going to do the dishes or just exactly where you're supposed to squeeze that tube of toothpaste or the exact location you're supposed to lay dirty socks and towels and how to plug in a vacuum cleaner. All those arguments when they start to come up. How, how do you make love really, really stick for the long haul? It's a legitimate question. A few years ago, there was a movie called Juno, and the, the story in the, the, the movie tells the story of a teenage girl who finds herself pregnant, and she's not sure what to do with the baby. She considers having it. She considers abortion, but then she decides that she's going to allow her baby to be adopted, and she meets the couple who are going to adopt her little baby, and it's not long till she discovers this couple they don't get along. They're having some rocky times in their marriage. And it makes her start to think about all the relationships in her life. Her parents are split up. Her relationship with her boyfriend, the father of her child, it's not going really well. And there's this one scene where she asks her dad a couple questions. She says, Dad, I guess I wonder sometimes if people ever stay together for good. You know, like people who fall in love. I just need to know if it's possible for two people to stay happy together forever. Is that possible? If I ask for a show of hands, is it possible? You would say, well, yeah, it's possible for people to stay in love together forever because maybe you've seen it a few times in your life. But you might think, yeah, but I've seen a lot of other times where it doesn't work, where it doesn't stick where the relationship doesn't work out and it's always a rocky road and they never get along. Why is it that something that everyone wants, fewer and fewer people are seeing it? It's not like we plan it that way because nobody stands in front of the pastor or whoever's officiating their wedding. Nobody stands there all dressed up with their friends and family thinking, okay, this is my starter marriage. Nobody stands there thinking, well, I'm just going to give this a shot, and maybe it'll work out. I do. Everybody stands at the altar, standing there in front of their friends and family and God, and they say, this is forever. But then why is it not always forever? Now, if you're single and you're here today going, man, I came on a day and they're talking about marriage and relationships. Thanks for the dagger in the heart and the reminder. I really appreciate it. Well, if you're single and you ever hope to have a relationship or, or you want to have healthier relationships, this is for you too. This is not just for married folk. This is for everybody who wants to understand love a little more deeply and understand how to make it stick. See, we all want somebody special. 
even if you're somehow gifted to go through life single, and there are people like that, you still need somebody special in your life. I mean, guys, it's not long until your buddies you hang out and watch sports with, they get kind of boring, right? I mean, that just doesn't hit home anymore. And, and ladies, I don't know what you call each other, shopping sisters or whatever it is you do. You know, you know, that was a terrible statement to make. Guys shop too, right? But, but you think, okay, th- these relationships are only going to fill me up so much, and I want somebody to keep me warm on a cold winter's night. I want somebody to, to look into my eyes and me into their eyes and say, I love you and know where that's coming from. I want, somebody to know, I want to know that somebody is there for me. You know, the, the, the fact we want someone to love us and we want someone to love, that's God's image that's stamped in our hearts from the very beginning of time. So is it even possible to fall in love and stay in love forever? Well, falling in love, that's, that's everybody can do. No matter who you are today, no matter how old you are, if you just take your pulse and if it's, if it's beating, if you do have a pulse and you have about 10 extra seconds, you can fall in love. I mean, falling in love, those feelings of like, oh, he's dreamy and she's wonderful. All those, those are easy. Man, that just comes like that. You don't even have to meet somebody to fall in love with them. You can do that really quickly. I mean, right now there are over 1,500 organizations that you can contact that will match you up with somebody else on some level to say that you're compatible with them. 1,500. It's never been more easy in the history of man to find somebody to fall in love with. They are so specific. Like, there's one called FarmersOnly.com. Now, don't go look it up. It's real. I'm not saying it's a good site. I don't even know what's on it. But it's real. FarmersOnly.com. And, ladies, if you're looking for a good strapping farmer boy, (laughs) or, guys, if you're looking for a girl that can, you know, I don't know, ride a John Deere or something, that's where you need to go. FarmersOnly.com. If you're an accountant or an attorney, you're not welcome on that website. I mean, it's never been more easy for people to fall in love, and yet, why does it seem harder and harder for love to stick in people's lives in the age of starter marriages and prenups and living together first just to see if it may work out? How does love really stick? I'll never forget, just a few weeks before Cindy and I got married, this old lady at our church who had been challenged in the relationship category came up to me and said, Donnie, at best, marriage is going to be bearable. And I was like, bearable? I'm getting ready to pledge my life to this girl I'm madly in love with forever and hope it lasts till the day I breathe my last breath, and you're saying, well, it's just going to be bearable. That's not the way God designed love to be. So why is it that most people don't, or many people don't experience that kind of love that lasts and lasts forever. And I think it's because many people don't even know what it is. Is it this feeling love? Is it this, you know, how do people stay married for 40, 50, 60 years and still actually want to live in the same house together? How does that happen? It happens because they understand what love really is. And throughout this series, we're going to look at different teachings from the New Testament about what love really is. And if you're in a life group, this is a great time. If you're not in one, it's a great time to get one. If you're in a life group, you're going to talk about every message just a little bit deeper in regards to this series, Making Love Stick.
There's some Bibles coming down the aisles right now, going up the aisles. If you don't have one, just raise your hand. Those ushers will give you one. It's yours to keep if you want it. If not, just leave it on the table on the way out. I'll be reading uh, all the scriptures I'll be reading are on the screen, or you can turn to the books in there and read along with me. So throughout Jesus' teaching, he's trying to get people to understand, ultimately, what love really is. And through a couple different ways Jesus described love we're going to talk about today, we can conclude there are some facts about love that if we want it to stick in our lives, we're just going to have to get these into our heads and into our hearts. Like this one. If I want to make love stick, or love doesn't stick if it always starts with me. So if I want to make love stick, it cannot start with me. And you think, well, I I thought it did have to start with me. I thought I was the one that had to get that feeling and, and look at somebody and my eyes get all fluttery. I thought it did always start with me. Well, Jesus said, when it comes to love, you need to do to other people as they do to you. Did he say that? Or no, he said, you need to do to other people till you get your way. That's still not what he said. Here's what Jesus said when he's trying to tell people about love. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. So just imagine Jesus is your love coach, all right? He's telling us how to love. That's what we're doing through this whole series is looking and seeing what it would be like if Jesus were a real love coach and we looked at him for our coaching in regards to love and relationships. What would he say? Well, one of the first things he would say is, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. It sums up the law and the prophets to do to other people as you would have them do to you. So there's 39 books in the Old Testament. There's books of law and books of prophecy, among others. And the people Jesus was talking to at this time, they even had other books outside of the Bible that were even more, uh, you know, higher volume of books. And they're like, okay, Jesus is just summing all that up in one statement. Treat other people the way you want to be treated. That's what Jesus is saying. You want to know how to love somebody, you want to know how to make love stick, treat other people the way you want to be treated. Any relationship problem you're having right now, no matter what it is, treat the other person the way you want to be treated, and that, that's a big step towards making things better. Well, it's not going to cure the everything, but that's a big step. Because what that does is says, you know what, it doesn't start. Love, love's not all about me. So I'm going to treat this other person the way I would like to be treated. And watch what happens. That's what Jesus would say if he were your love coach. There's the uh, just recently I read these results of a human development study. It was year after year they kept studying what what do children need to leave adolescence and go into adulthood with a healthy view of life so they can have healthy, loving relationships. And so these researchers identified several things that that kids need as they grow up. To have healthy relationships. And here they are. Gosh, if you got little kids, write these down if you can write fast. Respect, encouragement, comfort, security, support, attention, acceptance, approval, appreciation, and affection. That's it? That's all it takes? All of those in the right doses, and you're good to go in the love area. But what happened? Well, I didn't get all those growing up in the exact doses, and you probably didn't either. So what happens? We go into relationships and we think, well, I have a deficiency in those areas. So I'm going to find somebody else. I'm going to find someone of the opposite sex who is going to 
give me respect, encouragement, comfort, security, support, attention, acceptance, approval, appreciation, and affection. That's what I'm going to find. So when I meet up with somebody and, and I find out, hey, this is a person I'm attracted to and I really want to work something out, and so I say, hey, are you going to give me respect, encouragement, comfort, security, support, attention, acceptance, approval, appreciation, affection, or are you just really hot? What, what is it? Because I want this relationship to work, and if you don't give me that, then I'm going to move on. And you know what happens? People can't get that 100% from another human being, so they go to another relationship thinking, okay, you're going to give me more of that than the last person did. And then they go to another relationship. You're going to give me more of that than the last person did. And then they go through life thinking love just doesn't last. See, our culture teaches us that we should have a very low emotional threshold for uh, emotional pain threshold. If it hurts a little bit, if it gets a little hard, I'm out, I'm done, I'm finished. I mean, I'll just move on to what's better. Hey, this one's not working. I'm going to go get another one. That first one didn't work. I'm going to try again. Well, that got tough, and, and things didn't work out every day the way I hoped, and it wasn't just love and hugs and kisses and chocolates every day. So, And, and I'm done. I'm going to go to another one. I actually had a person say to me that they prayed their spouse would have an affair so they could have a really good reason to get out of the marriage. And I was like, you know, that's, that's really not <laughs> the best way to approach this conflict that you're having. Because immediately they were thinking, out, I want out of this thing. And of course, there are times when it's in such disrepair, it may not be able to be fixed. But, I mean, they were, they were just going into it going, I mean, early on, well, I hope they have an affair, I can get out of this thing easier. Our culture pounds into us. You know, if it's not working, just start again. Just reboot with somebody else and give it another shot. Now, 50% of the equation is choosing the right person. That's true. If you choose the wrong person, you've got an even steeper hill to climb as you try to make the relationship healthy. So half of it is choosing the right person, but the other half is being the right person. Understanding who you are and understanding what love is in regards to what Jesus just said about love. We're going to talk a lot more about that next week. So love won't stick if it always starts with me. On the other hand, love will stick when I take my cues from Jesus. Jesus desperately wants us to understand the true meaning of love. And so one day, you, you can read about this, this whole episode in John chapter 13. He's speaking to his disciples, and they're all in this uh, not understanding what love is, just like we can be sometimes. And he, he speaks into our relationships. And, and here's what he says to his disciples in John 13. A new command I give you. Love one another. That's Jesus' best relationship advice right there. I give you this new command, love one another. And you might think, that's Jesus' advice on a relationship is just love one another? Yeah, it's simple. It's not always easy to do, and yet if you get it, it can transform your life. So does that mean that before that, Jesus didn't want people to love each other because he said, hey, this is a new command. Love each other. Here's something new I want you to hear. Love each other. They're probably going like, what? I mean, I, I know we're supposed to love each other. I got that. The, the Greek word there for the word new really means more like something hidden 
or something remarkable or not understood previously. So it's not, it's not something that didn't exist. So Jesus could just as easily have been saying, I give you this remarkable command, love one another. And really, he's saying something radical and profound and life-changing because he's, he's taking love that used to be a love that they understood as a feeling and he's turning it into an action. He's changing love from a noun to a verb. So if you go to Jesus as your relationship coach and he's going to counsel you through some tough times and you say, hey, Jesus, we, just, we need some help because we don't love each other anymore. What do we need to do? He would say to you, you need to go love each other. No, Jesus, you don't get it. We, I can't stand her anymore. And he's saying, I, he, she's saying, I can't stand him anymore. We don't love each other. And he would say, then go love each other. Because you would probably be talking about, oh, I don't feel the way I used to feel. And Jesus would say, well, real love is not a feeling anyway. Real love is a verb. And we've got to make that switch in our minds if it's ever going to stick in our lives. If you rely on love just to be a feeling, I mean, how, how, how much can you trust your feelings? Anybody ever thought they were in love and then figure out you weren't later? Tell the truth now. I mean, probably like eighth grade, you're thinking, I'm in love, this is the person, oh my gosh. And then again in 11th grade, I'm in love, oh my goodness, this is the person. And then again in college, I'm in love. I mean, if you relied on your feelings, just imagine if that first person you thought you were in love with. Oh my gosh, what would your life be like? Well, we can't rely on our feelings for everything. And Jesus is trying to say, Love is not a, just a feeling. It's so much more. If you let feelings drive everything, you're going to be in trouble. You're not going to be a very likable person. And relationships are really going to be hard for you if you just let your feelings drive the whole thing. When Jesus said this, go love each other, you know what he had just done? He had just demonstrated his love for the disciples by washing their dirty feet. They were reclined at a table the way they would recline in that in that time, in, in the first century, they were eating, and you, when you ate, your head would be by somebody else's feet. And because they wore sandals and it was dusty, there was no pavement, and there was uh, nobody walked around picking up the, the droppings of their camels or whatever they rode. So just imagine what feet would look like. Nasty, dirty, calloused, stinky. And do you think Jesus just woke up that day saying, you know what, I think I'm going to wash some feet today. I just got this strong feeling to wash some feet. No. But what Jesus did when he washed his disciples' feet, he was showing them by his action how much he loved them. So love is not just saying, oh, I love you. Love has to become an action if it's ever going to stick. And Jesus is not saying go wash people's feet, but... Maybe he's saying go wash the dishes. Maybe he's saying do something actively to let people know that you love them. Now, guys, especially those of you guys that are married, if if you decide to clean the house, does that not put your wife in a better mood? Or is that only my house? Now, seriously, my, my wife tells me there is nothing sexier about me than me in the kitchen cleaning or run the vacuum cleaner. I mean, seriously, right? 
She's like, hey, that's, uh, thank you. You look great today, honey. Well, you know, just washing dishes here, <laughs> nothing else. I mean, doesn't that, am I exaggerating, ladies, at all? Every head. No, you are not exaggerating. My husband's sexy when he cleans house. Now, don't tell anybody your pastor gave you this advice, but if you learn, guys, if you learn to make love a verb, you get to make more love. I mean, I'm serious. And with that one statement, every house in our church just got cleaned. You know, by the end of the night, you guys are like, okay, got that one. Thank you, Pastor. Finally, I got something out of a message that I can use immediately. But really, why is that? Well, because you could say, I love you, I love you, I love you all day long. But you know, in the back of the other person's mind, they're thinking, yeah, but show me. Don't just tell me. Telling me is just words. Show me. That's how washing the dishes can make love stick. That's how washing the disciples' feet allowed Jesus to say, this is what love is. This is why it's new. Because no longer is it a noun that just it's just a feeling or something you have inside. It's a verb. See, when we take our cues from culture, what are our cues for love and culture? The bachelor? Please. I mean... What, what, a guy that's always got ripped abs and gives a girl a rose every night and, and thinks you're just so wonderful? That's not love. That's marketing. That's just trying to get you to watch a show because you know what's going to happen. They're going to say they love each other. Oh, he's perfect. He selected me out of these other, however many girls are up here. He's perfect. He's wonderful. And he read the lines just like the producers told him to. And I fell madly and crazy in love with him. And then what happens? A month later, they're on the tabloids because it didn't work. Because they didn't have a basis for love. Whatever it was, wasn't love. Because love is an action. Love is a verb. So all of those things that we need, respect and encouragement and comfort and security and support and attention, acceptance, approval and appreciation and affection... Even if our parents didn't give those to us, we can get them. And we can get them from God. In fact, when you do allow yourself to receive those things from God and understand who you are as God's creation, and you get those things from Him, you're going to be way ahead in the relationship department. I mean, doesn't a secure person have much healthier relationships than an insecure person? And if you get those things from God and you are secure in who you are in Christ, well, whether or not he likes your hair, that's kind of irrelevant. Whether or not he thinks you're hot and your, 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 your body looks just right, that's kind of irrelevant because you've got all those things you need from God. Love will stick when I make it a verb. Earlier I said that God created us to love and be loved. And people, humans, will get love one way or another. 1 John 4, verse 16 says, We know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. One way or another, we are going to get love. And because of that, everything we do in life, because God's love and God created us to love, everything we do is an act of love. Everything. You mean 
even the bad things I do are an act of love? Yeah. What if, what if I, what if I, I'm at school and somebody's making fun of somebody in the classroom or cafeteria and I just jump in and I participate in that. How can that be an act of love? It is. That's an act of love. What if I'm married and I choose to go outside of my marriage relationship and have another relationship and betray the covenant I made with my spouse? That's an act of love? Absolutely. It's an act of love. I turned these the wrong way. What if, what if I lie and exaggerate and say these things about myself that aren't even true? Is that an act of love? Yep, you bet it is. What if I, what if I cheat on my taxes just so I can have a little extra cash? It's getting close. Tempting. What if I do that? Is that an act of love? Yes. So all those things, making fun of somebody else, or gossip, or lying about yourself, cheating on your spouse, cheating on your taxes... All those things are acts of love. Yes, they are acts of love, but not the kind of love that sticks. Those are acts of love because who are they love for? Me, myself. So if, if, if someone decides I'm going to go outside my marriage relationship and have another relationship, act of love. How could you turn that around and make it the kind of love that Jesus is talking about? Well, how about I work really hard to make this thing work? How about I resist the temptation to do what so many others do, and I just say, you know what, I'm going to love this person I've pledged my life to no matter what. How about when, when I'm tempted to just change some numbers and love myself so much that I just think I deserve more? How about if I just do what's right, and whatever the consequences are, whatever the results are, that's what they are? How about if I... Instead of lying and make, trying to make myself look better in other people's eyes, what if I just I was vulnerable and I told the truth, flaws and all, and hey, here, here I am and this is me, and accept or not, but this is just who I am in Christ. What if you did that instead of just lying and trying to make yourself look better? What if, I forgot what this one was. Oh, cafeteria, yeah. What if... What if when kids, if you're in here, you're, you're in school, and somebody's just ripping somebody else apart, making fun of them, what if you took up for that person instead of joining in the crowd to berate them about something? Well, the, the real love, the active love would be, you know what, I'm going to take up for somebody when someone else is putting them down. That's the kind of love Jesus is talking about. That's the new command. That, that's the remarkable part. Love one another actively. As a verb. Love can't be a verb if it's just pointing to us. It can only be the kind of love Jesus is talking about when it flows out from us the same way it flowed out from him. That's what he wants us to understand when it comes to love. Love will stick when I see it like this. When I see it as a verb and stop just expecting it to be a noun. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, it says this wonderful word that people ask me to stop saying at weddings, but it's in the Bible, so I keep saying it. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Next week, we're going to dive a lot deeper into that verse and see what it means. Your challenge this week, go and make love a verb. Because when you make love a verb, love will stick. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for 
just the way uh, you reveal to us what love is. And Father, for those of us who are struggling in relationships and, and struggling with what to do next, I pray that you would just give us the wisdom to, to make love what you have taught us that it is. And that's something that's active, something that looks to the needs of the other person first. God, even though that is so hard for us as humans, I pray this week you would give us the strength to do that. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.